And for all the Rashida Tlaibs out there or those that that think along those lines, I present to you what the IDF is posting on Twitter saying that the IDF is continuing to facilitate the entry of humanitarian aid into Gaza. As of yesterday, 665 trucks have entered Gaza with deliveries of vital humanitarian aid. In addition, more humanitarian initiatives are being planned. Those 665 trucks collectively carry 3,000 tons of food, more than 1,720 tons of medical equipment. Additionally, over 300,000 gallons of water were transported, along with 600 tons of shelter equipment. Now, you want to talk about abiding by international war laws? Well, that would certainly qualify. And they went on to say that we are at war with Hamas, not Gazan civilians. And I think that with a neat bow tidies up that particular message or talking point from those that are calling for a ceasefire. Jonathan Tobin is the editor-in-chief at the Jewish News Syndicate, also a senior contributor at the Federalist and a columnist for the New York Post. He joins us. Jonathan, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me on. What is your tenor, what is your viewpoint of where we sit with this war exactly a month in? Well, uh, it's it's been a month, and it's been a month uh, of mourning for Israelis and for the Jewish people as they still are coping with um, the aftermath of the worst mass slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust, the horrible, unspeakable atrocities that were committed by the Hamas terrorist organization, which up until October 7th um, was ruling uh, Gaza as an independent Palestinian state in all but name. And you know, you just referenced the humanitarian aid that the Israelis let through. Um, you know, Hamas and uh, its supporters, like Rashid Salaib, often speak of that Israel besieges or treats uh, Gaza like an open-air prison. Every day, um, uh, convoys of trucks entered Gaza from Israel with food and fuel and medicine and all normal um, uh, you know, uh, items. Um, that's some siege. That's some blockade. Um, you know, so it, it, it's a myth. Uh, like so many myths that um, supporters and uh, fellow travelers of, of the terrorists have been spreading. But the point is, you know, Hamas ruled Gaza as an independent Palestinian state in all but name since its uh, bloody coup in 2007. And Israel tried to live with it. Um, every time Hamas fired rockets into Israel, Israel fired back. But they did not want to go into Gaza. They kept saying, you know, let's have a ceasefire and just stay on your side of the fence and we'll stay on ours. But, you know, and there was a ceasefire on October 6th, and Hamas violated it to commit these atrocities because its goal is not to adjust Israel's borders or its policies or a two-state solution. They want to destroy the one Jewish state on the planet. They want to commit the genocide of Israel's Jewish population and that is something that Israel can't live with. It's not going to countenance. And um, Hamas has proved that it can't be trusted to observe a ceasefire or, you know, to, to, to just live there. And it has to be destroyed. That's the only path forward for, for either people, for Israelis or Palestinian Arabs. And um, it's unfortunate that the Palestinian civilians, many of whom unfortunately support Hamas, 
have been caught in the crossfire who are being used as human shields by um, by Hamas, who has its military headquarters underneath the, the largest hospital, hospital yeah. in Gaza, and um, stores you know arms shoots from from wherever uh, from wherever civilians are. You know the, the rules of law and, and international law are clear on Israel's obligations, but they're clear on Hamas's obligations. And everything Hamas does is a violation of, Israel, of international law. And international law does not require Israel to let a terrorist state slaughter its civilians exist on its borders. Mm. In fact, Israel has a positive obligation to stop this. And um, you know, it, it, you know, Hamas is, you know has governed Gaza as a as a rogue state. You know, it's uh, on the other side of the. You know, Egypt doesn't want any part of it. You know, they they really blockaded Gaza, and um, you know, it's just we're, we're at the point where this has to change. Well, and, and, and not going to let it go on. And there's a certain level of angst, I think, from the Biden administration where they want to tie aid to Israel with aid to Ukraine. Is that something that you think would be beneficial to to the United States efforts in aiding Israel? No, it's a political ploy by Biden. Listen, Biden is trying to dance, um, you know, he, he, between a number of different competing things. And, you know, he's, he's on the one hand, he's been very supportive of Israel. And to his credit, although his policies helped set in motion with his appeasement of Iran, continuing Obama's policies, uh, that helps that helped set up this this tragedy. But since October 7th, he's been very strong in support of Israel. But he's got a lot of pressure from uh, the left wing of his party. Well, and which, yeah, his, um, his support has changed. It's morphed into a much softer stance. Yeah, absolutely. So he's been trying, you know, he knows that he's under pressure there. Now, as far as Ukraine, you know, there's a basic problem here. Um, there, uh, there is a bipartisan consensus within the United States and the United States Congress, the, the people and the Congress, to support Israel. You know, yes, there are maybe a couple of votes in Congress among the Republicans who won't vote for it. And there are obviously the hard left within the Democratic Party, which is far more numerous. But the majority of Democrats want to support aid to Israel. Mm-hmm. Almost every Republican wants to support Israel. So why did why does it, why is Biden trying to tie Ukraine aid to this? Well, because he knows that while there's a consensus in support of aid to Israel, there is not a political consensus within Congress in support of continuing Aid. And so he crafted this this package where it's 61 billion for Ukraine, 14 billion for for Israel. I, I might add that almost all of which will be spent in the United States on on U.S. arms. Mm-hmm. So it's as much an you know it's, a, it's an aid package for uh, General Dynamics and Raytheon and all the other arms manufacturers and the people who work there. Um, but the point is, the you know the, the only way he know he thinks he can pass. Another $61 billion for Ukraine. We spent $150 billion aiding them in their war against Russia. And I'm not saying that Ukraine is in the wrong in trying to fight for its independence. Um, Russia is certainly in the wrong in that war. But that's a, that's a stalemate. It, it's not going anywhere. Even the Ukrainians admit they can't win the war. So it's, it needs to, to be ended. But the point is Republicans in the House are not going to support $61 billion for Ukraine. So tying it to aid to Israel – is, is political blackmail. And, and, you know, of course, it's you know, Biden's gaslighting the Republicans, saying it's blaming it on them. So what has to happen is that both sides have to stop playing games, in, you know, in terms of the two parties, and pass a clean aid bill for Israel. There's an overwhelming majority in Congress for it. There's an overwhelming majority among the American people for that. 
the Ukraine aid package will have to be debated. Sure. You know, Biden's going to have to negotiate with the Republicans on that. Maybe he can get them to agree to, to some more aid to Ukraine, but he's not going to get it by tying it to a package with Israel because the dynamic, you know, in all these funding. Well, it's so much uh, more contentious know, in, in, in Ukraine. I mean, the, the, the yeah. amount of, of aid that has already been given to Volodymyr Zelensky and Ukrainian soldiers is, is pretty sizable. So the fact that the, <laughs> to they're tying it to 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 this aid to Israel, I think, is questionable. Jonathan Tobin, I hope you can join us again very soon. I appreciate our conversation. Let's Happy talk again to. soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, you got it. That's Jonathan Tobin, the editor-in-chief at the Jew- Jewish News Syndicate, also a contributor at The Federalist and a columnist at the New York Post. Coming up next, the White House says take it with a grain of salt, but there's something to this new New York Times-Siena poll that says the president is down big time, and if the election were today would lose outright and pretty large to Donald Trump. That's next.